Hello, brothers, and welcome back to KKSI Presents. I'm your host, Bonko, National Vice President for Student Affairs, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be part of this production. Of course, I couldn't do any of this on my own. I have some amazing help from our national communications team, our student advisor committee, and a special shout out to our editor, Ryan Smith, for all of his hard work and dedication to KKSI Presents. So for all of our returner listeners, welcome back, and thank you so much for your support. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to our show. We truly appreciate you taking the time to join us today. This podcast is, of course, brought to you by Kappa Kappa Psi, National Honorary Band Fraternity. The purpose of this series is to provide some insight, some helpful tips, suggestions, and to showcase the different voices of the Brotherhood in a hopefully entertaining fashion that will, again, hopefully keep you coming back. So, for today's guests, they are joining us all the way from the Western District and the Southeast District, and to be more specific, from Paulsbo, Washington, and Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Like, they're just throwing all these different uh, difficult cities my way. So, if I butchered it, I completely apologize. Um, but these brothers are currently serving as vice presidents for their respective districts. And I'm really excited to see what they have to say, what they have to share. So without further delay, let's pass this on to our guests for official introductions. And we'll start with Megan. Hi. Uh, so my name is Megan Ming. Uh, I'm from the Western District. Uh, I'm the current vice president. I'm from the IOTA Kappa chapter at Boise State University. I'm currently a senior studying information technology management and supply chain management. Mm -hmm. um, before being elected as our district vice president, I was my chapter's vice president of membership. Um, I also served as the brotherhood committee chair um, for all my semesters basically since being initiated. Um, some fun facts about me are I'm an avid football fan. So go Broncos and go Seahawks. Um, I love playing video games and I enjoy, enjoy board games even more than that. Fantastic. Wow. I mean, there are so many things that I would love to unpack, especially with the, uh, the Broncos there. You, um, you all got to, uh, inherit Peyton Manning for quite some time. And I don't know how Bronco fans feel about him, but I grew up as a Colts fan. So hold him near and dear to my heart. So before we get into talking to any potential dangerous sporting uh, topics here, I want to turn things over to Anthony for his official introduction. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Anthony Gooden. I am from the new new chapter at the University of Alabama and as always roll tide. Um, I am an anthropology major with a concentration in archaeology of the Americas and a minor in psychology. Uh, when it comes to leadership, I've had quite a few different opportunities. In my home chapter, I have served as the Sergeant at Arms, Warden of Ritual, and our chapter Vice President of Membership. Outside of Kappa Kappa Psi, I have also been a section leader for the Baritone Section of the Million Dollar Band, and I am starting my third year as that. So a fun fact, um, I am not your traditional college student. I am 28 years old. I was in the Navy for six years. Uh, when I was in the Navy, I was an aircraft mechanic. I got to work on a few different aircrafts, but I mostly worked on ejection seats, oxygen systems, environmental control systems, and fire detection and suppression systems. So that was a whole lot of fun. Got to work with my hands, and now I'm here. Fantastic. Okay. So lots of good stuff to unpack there as well. Hopefully we'll get into that a little bit later, uh, but let's go ahead and move on to our questions so the first question for both of you, and I think this is, I honestly think this is the hardest question because it could go either way. Um, but when looking at your 2020, the longest year we've all been alive, how has it been so far and how is this new normal for you? And we'll start with Anthony. 2020 has definitely been interesting to say the least. It's been very chaotic. Um, I've had to learn how to adapt a lot. Um, I have some medical stuff that I deal with. So when it comes to making sure I'm keeping myself safe, mm -hmm. I've had to make sure that I'm following the CDC guidelines very strictly, mm -hmm. um, because I don't want to put myself at risk, nor do I want to see someone else get put at risk because of me. Right. So this new normal has, has been a challenge. 
but I'm adapting. I'm getting there. Um, I wish I could say that it was this new normal was ending soon, Mm -hmm. but like everyone else, I'm kind of just waiting day by day to see what's going to happen. And has it felt any normal yet? Has any of it just something like, oh, this is just normal? Oh, absolutely not. Going from murder hornets to them disappearing completely and nothing else being said about them. That was the thing. Yeah. I mean, granted, when I play D&D, I typically say I'm chaotic neutral and I feel chaotic as an individual. Mm. Come on, 2020 is moving into the, the true evil alignment here. And without getting too much into it, can you, I'm ignorant here, what is D&D? <laughs> so D&D is definitely uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I'm a nerd. I enjoy tabletop games. Um, so it's a lot of fun, especially if you're like me and you're a dice goblin and you just collect a lot of random assorted dice. Okay. Okay. Noted. So maybe we'll have some sort of, maybe there already is a special group for brothers and sisters who are into D&D and, and dicing. So very cool. Well, so we'll hopefully get more into that as well. Um, but Megan, uh, same question to you. How's your 2020 been so far? How is this new normal? 2020 has been weird. And just, that's just the best way to put it. It's just, <laughs> there's nothing really normal about this. I don't feel, I mean, yeah, we're getting used to the whole like, oh, we got to wear masks everywhere and we got to be careful, but that it just doesn't feel normal. Yeah. Um, it especially doesn't feel normal with like the marching band season and football coming up. Like that's like the most, the biggest thing that makes it not feel normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, working, especially also in a food industry, um, it, there's nothing normal about all of a sudden there are stores and full of people and we're at, we're only allowed to have 50% of our capacity. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a new challenge, I would say, um, to adapt to our new environment and the way that we have to be around other people in yeah. the world as, as it is. Definitely. And, and yes, I mean, so much of this is, sometimes I, I just, I wake up and I feel like I'm still dreaming in a sense. Like this is, Oh, so sometimes I have to take moments like, oh yes, this is this is real life, and I think the biggest thing I miss are and like I'm you know I'm a big hugging person. Um, I don't like to say nice things to people. You know, I'll say the worst things to you, but I will give you a very nice hug. And the fact that now I can't even make up the bad things I say about people with a hug. I mean, it's just I don't know if you guys are, are hugging people or not, but that's just my little spiel on 2020 so far. But yes, football. Sad, sad. I'm a sad boy over here. So, okay. So with all that being said, I didn't want to kind of do a sort of take a step back and look at your past, your history a bit and wanted to ask both of you and we'll start with Megan. How did you get involved with music, with band, with KK Psy? Could you walk us through that? Yeah. Um, so I started music when I was maybe five or six years old um, with piano lessons. Um, But my true like band involvement started in fifth grade um, when I joined band playing clarinet. So I've played clarinet since then. Um, It's still my main instrument, but obviously I've picked up instruments since. Um, I taught myself trombone my junior year of high school. Uh, And then halfway through my freshman year at college, I picked up the tuba. Um, which is vastly different from the clarinet, um, but it has become one of my favorite things ever. I started taking lessons this last semester of college, and I've been playing sousaphone in the pep band here at Boise State. And so now I'm at tuba. Um, for KK side, my introduction was one that I wasn't really expecting. Um, when I got to college, I had no idea something like this fraternity existed. I really had no interest in Greek life. Um, 
but one of the people in my section who's now like my best friend um, told me that I should come to a recruitment event. And well, the matter of fact is I got hooked and I fell in love and here we are now. And I've never looked back and recommended to anyone coming to college for band because it has become my family. And besides school, it's like my life. Yeah. So someone, some, someone got you excited about it, right? Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And just a quick question. How is it marching on that blue field? Marching on the blue is amazing. Um, there's nothing other than that. I mean, for me, like I go and march on green fields when we visit other schools now and I'm like, what is this? This isn't blue. Right. Does it throw you like, it's like, is, is, are there differences in your forms? Like how does, like, I just, I'm, I'm just like, my mind is blown that the field is blue. Oh yeah. I mean, blue turf, first of all, it travels everywhere. Um, I've found it in my home. I find it six months after band has ended and you find blue turf randomly. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I wouldn't go back to marching on green ever again. Fields. Okay. Very cool. I hope to, that we, we all get a chance to at least see this field someday in the future for those of us who have it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Megan. So Anthony, for you, same question. How did you get started with music, band, with KK Psy? All right, so when it comes to music and band, um, I'm the only one in my nuclear family that is actually involved in music at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, My brother, my dad, my mom, they all enjoy music, but they never really took the steps. Um, For me, it started in elementary school. Fourth or fifth grade, I was in chorus. Um, when I got to middle school, I actually started as a tuba player. And at the time I was told, Hey, you're a little too small to be playing tuba. So we're going to move you to trombone, mm-hmm. uh, played trombone all through middle school and high school. Um, and then when I was still active duty, I actually joined a community band and they needed a euphonium player. So I made the switch to euphonium. And when I came to it just stuck. And that's what I've been playing since. Um, I love it. When it comes to KK Psy, um, how I got involved was when I got, when I first got to college, I was looking for that sense of camaraderie and family again that I had experienced um, when I was in the Navy. The mm-hmm. shop I worked in, we were one of the smallest shops as far as manning goes. Mm-hmm. And so we got really close very easily. And so when I came to college, I was like, all right, I love band. I love music. I love being able to serve. And I love having a family aspect. Mm -hmm. And that's how I was basically going about things like, all right, I'd heard about some other organizations, um, whether music or not, when it comes to Greek life. Mm -hmm. But KK Psy is who found me first. And I say that 100%. My chapter found me. I did not find them. Yeah. And it's a journey that I will never regret. And I absolutely love to this day. Yeah. Very cool. And thank you both so much for sharing a little bit of your past there. I think sometimes we we're so used to band. I mean, we've all been doing band for so long. Like I, sometimes I ask other people in like, you know, normal people. It's like, and really, and like, I realized like, there's probably nothing that they've ever done for this long. Like, has anyone had a hobby, had some sort of, like, how, how many people in the world actually do one activity consistently so long and continue to find ways to do it and continue to find deeper ways into, to give back, to spend your time, to work for free, to blah, 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 right? So I think when, when people take a moment to kind of reflect back on their experience and how they got started in music and band and KK side. Sometimes I think we, we take it for granted. And I think like, especially during these moments when we, we don't get to be in band, we could reflect back and kind of like, wow, that was, I mean, that, that's, that's, it's life changing. Right. So thank you again, both, both of you for, for sharing. So moving on to the next question here, um, I wanted to ask about um, your Let's switch it. I want to, I want to know more about your favorite thing, memory aspect of KK Psy. So it literally could be anything. Uh, the last interview, they were like, 
you know, complaining that this is such a hard question, whatever. I just want to know in general, like what's the favorite thing that comes to mind? And this one, we'll start with Anthony. All right. So for me, this is actually a very easy question to answer. (laughs) I absolutely love and will always cherish the first time I got to go to a district event. Yeah. It was Southeast District Convention in Charleston in Mm. spring of 2018. And being able to lock arms with all of my brothers from across the district and various national officers who came to it and be able to sing the hymn together and just hear it for the first time sung like that. Mm -hmm. My home chapter is a very small chapter. Um, We're about 20 to 24 people um, on a good year. And so getting to hear the hymn in that way was such a life-changing experience. And same with that NatCon last year when we got to go home to Stillwater. And you could just look across the circle and see people and you could just see in their face how much this fraternity means to them, getting to sing with each other meant to them. Mm -hmm. And then also hearing the sisters sing affirmation. Mm -hmm. I get goosebumps every time I hear affirmation. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Shameless plug for the sisters of Tau Beta Sigma. I love affirmation so much and I love when y'all sing it. Love that. Yeah. And no, I'm, I'm very glad. So to the district presidents that did the last interview, totally joking, don't get mad. Um, but you know, some people have that very distinct memory that will continue to, to essentially give them that, that life, that energy when it comes to why KKSI is so special, meaningful, or just, you know, why KKSI holds a special place. So um, same question to Megan. What is your favorite thing, aspect, or memory of KKSI? Uh, yeah, so it's kind of funny because one of my favorite, I've got a couple favorite memories and two of them really stand out to me. Yeah. Um, obviously, so the hem at Stillwater at NatCon, um, specifically the one at the end of banquet, like really stands out to me because that moment, like I also I get chills thinking about it. Yeah, it was just the best thing ever. And for anyone who has the chance to go to national convention, it is so worth the journey. Um, and even those that are far away, I mean a good chunk of the people in the Western district traveled 24 plus hours to get there. And I wouldn't change that experience for anything. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I guess the other thing for me is this one's kind of funny. So a couple of years ago, uh, Evan Thompson actually came out to the Western district convention. Uh-huh. Um, and so for many of you that know this, uh, Idaho is obviously like known as the potato state. And the Western District hosts um, our fight song competition at every district convention. Mm-hmm. Well, when Evan, Evan Thompson came out, uh, at the end of Iota Kappa doing our thing, we <laughs> gave Evan a potato. <laughs> and it was like, we had signed from us. And it was still like one of the funniest moments ever. But then when Marco got elected this year at yeah. national convention, we gave him a potato that was also signed from us. And so it's just so funny looking back at like the potatoes that we've given out to people. <laughs> so question, because maybe it's a secret, but like, what do you do with the potato afterwards? I don't know what they do with the potato. Is it turn? They get to keep it. Okay. I just didn't know if it turned blue or if it like, (laughs) anyways, I think that's, that's so very cute and, uh, and it's very unique. Like, I don't even know, like if someone just handed me a potato, I don't know what I, I don't know what I would do. So I can, I can only imagine actually, I'll just ask you, how did Evan respond? Uh, he sat there and he laughed for a second. Um, mm-hmm. He definitely smiled, and it was everyone else laughed too. It was mm-hmm. a it was a really funny experience watching everyone react to like us just like giving him this potato. So he was a, at a loss for words. Almost, yeah. That is 
very hard to do with him. So like, congratulations to your chapter, to the potato for doing that. So thank you for sharing the story. I will now, right after this, I'm going to, I'm going to ask him about it. So very, very cool. Thank you so much for sharing. And again, you know, I, I bring this back up just because when we, when we, get those moments where we get to spend time with each other, chapter, the chapter service uh, events, recruitment, banquet, conventions, singing the hymn. Again, so many of those things we probably have taken for granted. And, and I hope that um, all those listening, our students, alums, whoever, can take a moment to kind of think back, like what, what's your favorite part about KKSA? What's your favorite memory? Because even though we can't all be together right now and we're essentially kind of redefining what it means to be together, I think that a big source of that connectedness is through those memories and through these moments where we get to chat about and talk about it and talk about how a potato was given to a national officer and he did not know what to say. Right. So I think this is very powerful. So again, thank you both so, so very much for sharing that. Um, And Potatoes. Okay. So looking forward um, to, and, and knowing what you know, actually, let me, let me take a step back. I'm going to ask you about your district officer experience so far. So just, you know, you were all elected um, at some point earlier in 2020 and looking at that time to now, if you could share with us a little bit more about how your experience has been as a district officer, and we'll go with Megan first. My experience so far has been amazing, to say the least. Um, When I decided to run back in whatever it is, the beginning of March, um, I wasn't like 100% sure that I wanted to run for district office. I didn't know that I'd have the time or um, that I was really ready. But um, Hunter Murphy, who was the past um, Western District president, he was like, you should do it. And Joey, who is our current Western District Mal, was like, you should do it. And I was like, "Okay, uh, I'll do it. And so I started putting on together all my stuff and I was got so excited. Um, And so when I got elected, I was even more ecstatic. And the fact is, like, my district council is full of wonderful people. Um, they've become some of my closest friends. Um, obviously, the other VPs are amazing. Um, and the matter of fact is, I know if I need anything, that they'll be there. Um, so it's just been crazy, obviously. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, and it's been really interesting like traveling through that uncertainty, um, being there for my officers this coming year, um, Mm -hmm. and answering questions that they have Mm -hmm. has, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I'm very excited to see where this year goes. Good. I am very, very grateful for your response and I'm happy for that. Cause I I ask this question and sometimes I'm like, I wonder how people are going to respond to this. Cause they, they could be like, it is insert, you know, negative word here or there. So, um, thank you for sharing that. And, um, I just want everyone listening to know that these VPs, they are up to no good. Right. So like when, when Megan had mentioned, like if she needed anything, it's probably to cover up a crime to get her out of the country. So I saw I'm saying is that you need to watch out for these VPs. All right. Make sure you know where they're at. Never turn your back on them. I'm just teasing. Okay. So Anthony, as a VP, as a district officer, how has your experience been so far? Well, I will insert a word, but it's not negative. It's chaotic, um, but it's good chaos. Um, for me, I was on the fence about wanting to run for a district office. Um, and at the SED's version, of what some districts call CLC. Um, We call it district leadership convention and membership education retreat. Um, I had an open mouth insert foot moment. Um, I had stood up to make my intention statement to run. And my brain was saying, 
you're going to say vice president of membership or for membership. And my mouth said president. Um, so I had an open mouth insert foot moment. Um, but if it wasn't for Brittany Woodruff from the pie chapter, she is probably one of my closest friends in the fraternity. Um, Evan Thompson, Adam Cantley, both amazing people who I look up to as mentors. If it wasn't for the three of them and me bugging them, like, should I do this? Should I not do this? All right. What else do I do? We look over my packet. If it wasn't for them helping me, I'd probably be in a lot worse shape than I am now. Um, I look up to the three of them so much. And like Megan said, being part of the council within my district and even outside of the district, it's like a family and I love it. Um, I was very thankful. And when I, for the Southeast, I had actually met everyone who was on council prior to elections happening. Um, except for maybe one or two people. I had met everyone in person at various other events. Mm -hmm. So I got lucky and I already had a relationship with people on council with me and they're great. They're supportive. It's definitely a family. And then the vice presidents, we would never commit a crime. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think like you mean it. <laughs> we would never commit a crime and but no it's great all of the vice presidents we all have our own unique little flares and personality traits that we bring to conversations and conversation is never boring as you've hinted at already bong um we're we're good crazy we're fun we're the people you want to have at social gatherings when we're allowed to have them again. <clears throat> so I'm going to have to digest that comment and unpack that a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of what you said was what you said. So, you know, again, these are great individuals that you, of course, should definitely reach out to keep them busy so that, you know, they don't have so much time to hang out with one another because we want to, you know, like we're looking out for everyone's safety here. So, and I just want you to know, I texted um, Evan Thompson just to ask how his potato, he's like potato. So obviously he's still at a loss for words. Um, but I thank you both <laughs> for sharing your experience as a district officer. And the reason I asked this question really is for our listeners who are still students or maybe even alums who may have wanted to serve a district officer and never had that person to inspire them, never had that person to kind of tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, you should definitely run. Or somebody who may be thinking about running, but they're just, it's too much. I think that we can all think back into a certain memory, instant or maybe multiple that has slowly led us, but there was probably one moment where somebody essentially like inspired you, like, you know, really got you to take that first step. So I hope that, and I encourage both of you and everyone else, if you know somebody that you think has potential to be a district officer, just let them know. Be like, Hey, I think you would really good, be good at this. And you know, let them look into it because sometimes people need that push. And especially when there's, uh, you know, Megan, you had mentioned uncertainty. Uh, maybe the uncertainty is so overpowering that people are like, you know, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to do it. Maybe they need that encouragement. Maybe it's on a chapter level. Maybe it's on the national level. So be, a, you know, be that good source of encouragement for, for each other. If you find somebody who has great strengths, who can bring great ideas and, and, and tangibles to the fraternity, please encourage them because we, we know that leadership is such a major pillar of our fraternity. What, in what ways are we actually living that out? And I think one way to definitely live it out is to encourage others to take, take leadership and to, to lead as well. So thank you both again for taking the time to answer that. Now I did want to ask you um, more specifically you as a district officer, as a VP, let's say that you 
you finish the term, you accomplish nothing else but one thing. Nothing else but one thing. What is that one thing? If you could just talk us through that, describe to us that, your, that number one goal uh, and what that means. And we'll start with Anthony. I will say for me, um, because this is an unprecedented time that we're living, mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone will have the same sentiment sentiments, but making sure that our brothers are staying safe um, with throughout COVID. I know I've had a couple of VPMs already reaching out to me. Mm-hmm. Hey, with COVID and so much up in the air about band, what are we going to do? How do we, how do we talk about recruitment? Mm-hmm. How do we talk about possibly doing lessons? Mm-hmm. You know, once it comes time for it, how are we going to do ritual events? And my main advice that I've been giving is talk to your chapter, talk to your sponsor, if you're registered as a student organization or if your university considers you a Greek organization, talk to the people in those offices, reach out to national council members, talk to Jessica, talk to Marco, because at the end of the day, the safety of our brothers is the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. If this wasn't a COVID year, and hopefully this is the only COVID year we have, my number one goal would be to see increased um, involvement from the district when it comes to district events. Um, Very specifically in my case, district leadership convention or conference and membership education retreat, because those are my big plannings as VPM for the Southeast. I'm working on some ideas. It's looking like our membership education retreat is actually going to be virtual this fall um, with a lot of schools not being able to travel for football or maybe not even having football. We kind of felt that a virtual event in the fall would be very helpful for a lot of brothers, you know, so they'll still have that opportunity. Granted, fellowshipping with each other won't be the same because it won't be in person, but we can still get a lot of good information out to people. So that's where my two sides of the coin kind of stand for that right now. Yeah. Great. Love that. So I always love to ask this question just because I think sometimes uh, people get into these positions, um, not just into the fraternity, but really, you know, in professional world or just in in a place that they're volunteering and there's this kind of, guilt or this sort of shame that like, Oh, I didn't accomplish everything. But really like if you set out and accomplish your number one goal, I think that's still pretty powerful. And I think the fact that if each brother can achieve that one, that most important goal to them, priority, whatever that may be. I I mean, if all the brothers do that, I think that's pretty amazing. So Megan, same question to you. If you accomplished nothing else, but just one thing, what would that one thing be? I really want to find a way to empower all the brothers of my district, um, whether that's helping them like just learn more about more about themselves as a person or whether that's helping find their way to like being a district officer um, or even beyond that and potentially looking at running for a national office someday, um, whether that's through knowledge. Um, I know like one of the new programs this year that I'm running um, is the day of learning. And I really want to bring knowledge to my brothers about the fraternity and how they can connect to each other and connect to the fraternity as a whole. Um, I feel like that's something, especially right now due due to COVID that we're not really getting that connection. Like we really want to, and the way that we used to. Yeah. And so I really want to find that way to empower brothers to find that connection and to find themselves um, within the fraternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that again is very, very powerful because you look at the fact that we've, we've, and I think it's kind of ironic and just hilarious overall. You know, we have 2020, we just celebrate our centennial and everyone's like, all right, next hundred years, what is it going to look like? And essentially nature was like, well, we're going to force you to get into the virtual digital space. We're going to force you to incorporate technology. We're going to force you to rethink the ways that you're connecting, the ways that you're doing recruitment, the ways that you're thinking about service. And 
I mean, I don't think anybody really has an, a good answer right now because we have to try, we have to fail. And for us to really be able to refine down what those, um, what, you know, what those methods are and they could be successful for a month and then who knows next month could be worse and they could look very much different. But the fact that we have this organization, members like yourself, Anthony, the DPs, whoever, who are actively looking at ways to, in, to educate, to engage each other in these conversations. I mean, that's, that's the hardest battle, I think is to have these conversations is to start like, all right, where do we go from here? Or like, you know, what more can we learn about the fraternity? How can we be creative? And if there is a group out there that is going to find creative ways to solve these problems, it's, it's the band kids, the music kids, right? So thank you both for, for sharing that aspect. Now, and I'm not, this is really for the governors. I'm not really saying that you should only achieve one thing, achieve as many things as you would like. So I just want to put that out there. I'm not encouraging any sort of like slacking. So, all right, next question. When it comes to your experience in KKSI, so let's say I'm going to take it and look at it as a whole. I want to ask you to talk more about how you believe your experience in the, within this fraternity has helped shape you into who you are today. And we'll start with Megan. KKSI has really taught me a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. um, Coming into college, I would have never expected that I'd be doing this. Um, I would have never expected to be a district officer, no. let alone doing this podcast with you right now. Like that was not something I would have done coming into college. I was the quiet kid who like just kind of was in the background. Um, but it's this fraternity has helped me grow so much um, as a leader, as a person. I have made so many friends. I, most friends that I probably won't even meet in the real world for a really long time because they're thousands of miles away from me. But I know that they're there. And that is, it's crazy to me to think about how much I've changed because of this fraternity. Um, like I said, I wouldn't have never imagined being a district officer or let alone traveling to Stillwater for a national convention. Um, but yeah, this has taught me a lot about my leadership skills and just who I am as a person that I, I don't have to be that shy person that doesn't talk. I can go out and I can talk to people and I don't always have to be in the background doing my own thing. Like there's so much more out there for me. I absolutely love that. If there's one thing that I think this fraternity can provide. Yeah. The brotherhood, blah, 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 and all that cool stuff. But really at the end of the day, it's like the fact that you get to really self-reflect that introspection, learn about you because college is already a college shock, a culture shock for most people. You get to kick it. So you get to the Greek, like the fraternity life. Right. Uh, and then you get to do that self-reflection. You get to learn about yourself. And, and I think that if we take that time to rest and reflect, we, you know, we, we have a way where it's not just go, go, go. It's not just like just you know, keep following the certain path because it could not be the right path. And we have to take that moment to ask ourselves, like, is this what worth doing? Is this, you know, is this, according to our values is who I want to be. And we're going to get a lot of things wrong and students, you're going to get a lot of things wrong. You're going to hurt people. People are going to hurt you. You're going to fail at certain tasks. You're going to get yelled at. You're going to feel shamed. You're all these things, but it's going to make you a better person. It's going to, it's going to bring some clarity to who you are and let you figure out what are those core values for you. And like you said, you don't have to be that generalized person like, oh, I'm always in the back of the room because you're showcasing to people like I can be a leader on the district level, on a higher level and not be that loud person like some of our district officers are and show that there are different types of leaders. There are people, you know, there are just different ways to lead. There's different ways to inspire. So incredibly, incredibly awesome answer. Um, so Anthony wanted to ask you, when you look at your 
KKSI experience, how has it shaped you into the person you are today? Can you talk us through that? Yeah, of course. Um, but first, I want to address the uh, the loud other district officers' comment. I feel personally attacked. No one, no one said your name. <laughs> your name. I felt it, um, but no, I meant it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but realistically, um, for those who haven't already met me, um, I'm very stubborn. And I know for some people listening who have met me, that might be a little hard to believe. Um, but I'm a very stubborn individual. Um, I'm a little bit older. So at times I feel very set in my ways. I, I sometimes take on a little bit of a boomer attitude. No offense to any um, older generation who may be listening, but I get set in my ways sometimes. And through KK Psy, I, have learned to take a step back. Um, I've learned to be a lot more empathetic. Um, for me, gosh, uh, seven, eight years ago, I would have never said I was an empathetic person. Yeah. Um, but KK Sai has taught me empathy on a level that I can't even begin to express. Um, I have always been a very loyal friend, but KK Sai has brought that to a new level. Sometimes I have unquestioning loyalty, which can get me in trouble at times, but I want to be able to support my friends, my brothers, my family, yeah. however I can. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that stubbornness and tenacity is a good thing, mm -hmm. but through KK Psy and our ideals, I have learned to temper that a lot mm -hmm. when I need to, um, and be a lot more empathetic, sympathetic, yeah, and learning how to listen, listen without responding. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I, I think that's a, that's when when you mentioned that, um, I think that's a, a big maybe like there's those moments where we have that those internal conflicts within ourselves is here's who I thought I was. Here's what I'm so used to because the world has treated me a certain way. Like we're, we're a byproduct of how we're raised and, and you know, our society. So we have a certain view of who we are. And again, the cool thing about KKSI is that it's going to challenge who you are. It's going to ask you to step up, to be better, to do better and to serve and to do all these different things that may come natural to some other aspects may not be so natural, but it also in a way, just like in a band, the moments where we tell different voices within ourselves to be like, now it's your time to hush. I need to bring out this voice. I need to bring out my empathetic voice. I need to bring out, maybe it's the, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe I need to stop being so empathetic. And I think the fact that we get to spend so much time with each other virtually or not, or in person in, in a way like those challenges help shape us into more empathetic, more understanding, more willing to speak up, more willing to shut up, all these different things. It's, it's essentially telling us, and it's, it's so cool because to this day, there are people that I work with on a, on, in a professional setting. That's like, you know, I, I think that's like, you are nowhere near as mature or as well refined as a leader as you are some, some of our KKSI active members. So, very powerful answers. Thank you to the both of you and to those listening. I hope that you'll again, take a moment to reflect on how KKSI has shaped you and to be more, I guess, strategic about why I'm asking you this, this question and why I'm, I'm encouraging you to do this because when you will eventually get into the real world, fingers crossed, and you may eventually put this on your resume and they might be like, what is this? Kaka fork, you know, like what is, what is this organization? What is this national you know, honorary band thing? And you're going to have to talk about it someday. And so are you just going to say, well, we did water bottles and we put chairs and did, we handed out snacks and we sang sometimes together. And then we did this thing that we, I can't tell you about, or are you going to tell how it shaped you? How are you going to tell people, are you going to be able to, to articulate what values you've learned? And 
even, you know, let's take a step back and, and kind of look at now as brothers, are you able to articulate the, to, to potential members, to membership candidates, to your parents who may be like, what the heck is this? Right. So I think it's a very powerful question that you, I hope that we often take the time to reflect, especially when we have this time to reflect now that we're not, you know, running around trying to get ready for band and whatever else. So very powerful uh, response. So thank you both so much. So now we're going to shift to something a little bit different, hopefully to lighten up the mood a bit. <clears throat> okay. So I have some fun questions for you both. And rather than alternating just to make it easy, because it's going to be pretty quick. And I want, whatever the question is, I want you to say the first thing on your mind, unless it's vulgar, please stop yourself and think that through. Um, cause Evan Thompson might be listening. You don't want to hurt his, 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 uh, ears. So we'll start with Anthony and we'll go to Megan. We'll just keep going. Anthony, Megan, Anthony, Megan, Anthony, Megan. Okay. And again, I'm going to ask a series of questions. I'm just, it's going to be lightning quick unless I can't think of a question. And I just want you to answer with the first thing that comes on your mind. Okay. Are we ready? 10, four, your favorite color. Crimson. Purple. Right. Your least favorite color. Green. Uh, I don't have one. Okay. Okay. Your favorite food. Pizza. Pad thai. Oh, good. Okay. Your least favorite food item. Mushrooms and tuna fish. Okay. Popcorn. Woo. Okay. I have to talk about that. When you are extremely sad, what is your go-to sad food? Chocolate pudding. Okay. Brownies. Mm, good, good. Okay. Who inspires you the most? My mom. Okay. My mom. Oh, I love it. I love my mama, mom, mama's boy. So love it. Okay. Who is your other, who is your favorite district VP? That's not yourself. Don't answer that. I really don't want you to answer that. Okay. So what is your biggest pet peeve? Knowing that you are being ignorant and not willing to change. You yourself or somebody else? Somebody else. Gotcha. Like they realize they're ignorant. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything to fix it. 10 four. Make. People who only want to talk about themselves and don't want to listen to what you have to say. That is me. Okay. Being subtweeted right now. Great. <clears throat> Let's see. What is your favorite? You know, I'm going to ask this. We, we both know about Harry Potter, right? Ish. Okay. Well, I'll start with a simple one. What is your, what is your Hogwarts house? Slitherclaw. Okay. Hufflepuff. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Um, your Patronus, like your spirit animal. What, what would that animal be? Uh, I don't know. A wolf. A wolf. Okay. Anthony. I was thinking a wolf or an otter. I'm not sure. Okay. I love that. So let's say if you had for let's say five minutes, you just became completely invisible right now. What would you do? Sleep. Okay. <laughs> Probably find some way to scare my family. Okay. I also love that. Okay, great. What is that one word or expression that you say way too much? You know, you say too much, but it's just, it's instilled in you. Mine is literally, I say literally, literally too much. I talk too much in general, so I can't pick a phrase. Fair, okay. Yeah, I say literally way too much. I blame Parks and Rec, so. What comes first, milk or cereal? Cereal. Cereal. Okay, good. I just wanted to keep you guys truth and honest there. Okay. Let's say that what is your favorite band piece? Ooh, on a hymn song of Philip Bliss. Wow. Damn, that's a good one. Oh, there's so many. I don't know. I can't pick one. 
That's okay. That's that's even even better answer. I'm just kidding. So stars and stripes. That's my go-to. Is just in case anybody wants to know, because that is a hard question. So um, let's say that let's say out of music, service, and leadership for our pillars, if you had to get rid of one. Which one would it be? Okay. Yeah, you can't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Safe answers. Got it. Okay. So what is your favorite smell? Gardenia bushes in bloom. Don't know what that is, but that sounds amazing. Okay. I don't know what that is either, but I love the smell of like homemade apple pie. Mm, very cool. Okay. If you were any Disney princess, who would that Disney princess be? Merida. Okay. Oh, see, if I was little, I would 100% say Ariel because I used to love her. But uh, I guess I don't know that she's considered a Disney princess, but Tinkerbell, 100%. Oh, okay. I love that. Wait, 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 wait. Can I change my mind and say Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> Um, okay, so let's say you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's not really about the time that you eat it. It's really more like the food items that you generally eat during these meals. If you have to get rid of one, which one would it be? Like for each meal? No, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Which, which meal would you get rid of? Breakfast. Breakfast. Heathens. Breakfast food is amazing. Okay. Let's see. My last question for you all. I'm scared. Let's say we're all taking, you're, all, you're, you're both are driving to National Convention. It's a road trip, long road trip. Sadly, you're by yourself. And a spider all of a sudden comes down. What is your course of action? I will not lie. I would probably scream like a young child and resist the urge to swerve because I hate spiders, especially when they come out of nowhere. Mm. And then I immediately park my car and burn it with fire. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to say pretty similar answer to that. First of all, I 100% would scream. Uh, try not to hurt anyone else while I pull over and run out of my car before lighting it on fire and then finding some other way to convention. You know... I truly appreciate it because I think for the first time anyone has answered something that I would do because light it on fire is the best way to get rid of a, of a spider. If it's in your house, burn the house down. If it's in your car, burn the car down. If it's in a convention center that we have national convention, burn the convention center down. So great answers. I love that. Okay. Um, thank you for your cooperativeness and, you know, playing along with these fun questions. I hope I didn't offend anybody listening, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I've already asked you a lot of questions already. And again, just wanted to reiterate my appreciation for your willingness to speak on everything so far and to share some deep and some funny responses. Um, but I did have one last question in regards to the interview. Uh, and this one, we'll start with Megan. What piece of advice can you share with our listeners who would like to serve at a higher level? Somebody who might be searching for leadership opportunities or potentially to create some positive change for their community. What is that piece of advice? Don't be afraid to take a risk. Um, ask the questions you want to ask and get involved. Um, there are so many people out there to talk to and there's resources that you can read. Um, just don't be afraid to ask those questions and mm -hmm. to take those risks because if you don't, then you're, you're not gonna. Mm -hmm. And so you can't be afraid and you just have to know that there are brothers there to support you the entire way. Um, some of them might not come out right and say it, but they're there and they're going to show their support in some way or another. So just, don't be afraid. Take your risks and just do it. I love that. It, it, to me, there's just something very powerful about just do it. There really is something very, very powerful with just do it. And I think a lot of times we are so afraid of making mistakes because 
you know, especially those who may want to serve in leadership or are serving leadership and will have this crazy different idea. There's a lot of this paralysis by analysis or the your decision is indecision. And I completely agree with you. It's like, you have all these brothers in your chapter on the district level, on the national level, who are here to support you. Now, I what, what I'm saying is don't go out and do stupid things that you know are stupid things, right? Like there's, there's a very, like, there are things you should not be doing, but let's say like you have an idea of, of how to improve or how to make a meeting more effective or graphic ideas, whatever that may be that would help the fraternity in a positive direction. Reach out to somebody. We're, we're, we all want to see each other succeed. And in a way, by having those conversations, you may be igniting other people's passions. You may be helping sparking new ideas. So I love that a lot. So Anthony, for you, same question. For people who, wanting, who are wanting to serve, who are looking for leadership opportunities or just wanting to make some positive change, what is your piece of advice? So this is actually something I've been thinking about um, the past couple of days. And I was in another call last night um, with some other vice presidents of membership and Derek Stoughton talking about Road to Wisdom. And one of my answers actually sparked me to think this out a little bit more. Um, and I'm starting to think more along the lines of the triple A ask, actively listen and adapt to hardship because as we've seen with COVID and just life in general, things aren't always going to be easy. You're going to have to ask the questions when you ask the questions actively listen don't listen just because you feel obligated if you truly care and you're genuine about it actively listen to what that person has to say and take it to heart and then adapt we've we've all had to make a lot of changes you know district conventions being virtual mm-hmm. uh, online elections for a lot of chapters yeah and find a mentor find someone who you look up to mm-hmm. ask them the tough questions and you know, they're going to be a good mentor when they say, Hey, you know what? I don't know, but let's find out together because they're not living under the pretense that they have every bit of information. They recognize, Hey, I don't know, but let's both find out. Let's both educate ourselves together. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is, a huge quality of what I look for in a good mentor. That's amazing. I, I, now I feel bad because it's like when, when people ask me hard questions, I say, I don't know, please go away. So maybe don't ask me questions. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I think that's completely right. You know, the, the triple a, I hope that, you know, we don't have to pay royalties by mentioning that. Um, but you know, just finding ways in which you can, and I think this has kind of been a theme is to ask questions, to reach out, to just take that first step to find, to educate, you know, there's, there's this aspect of, of this whole process is that that first step is always the hardest, you know, that step, what that step is. And it could be a, a simple action. It's just, working up the nerve or the courage to do something. So I think that's the, I mean, this is all very powerful stuff. And I think that our listeners definitely have a lot to go from, but I just wanted to open up the floor for our our guests. Any last comments, thoughts for our listeners? I just want to say thank you, Bong, so much for this opportunity to kind of give a little bit more insight to people about myself. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with all of us as district officers. Mm-hmm. We greatly appreciate you. Even though sometimes you don't want to come join our calls and hang out with us. Look, still- I'm, not, I'm not looking to get in trouble. Okay. <laughs> but no, we, we do appreciate everything you do and we appreciate everything that the national council is doing. So thank you so much for this opportunity tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you again, Vaughn. This has been a great time. And to all the listeners out there that aren't really sure what you're doing, there's people there to help. Uh, The National Council is amazing. And they're all really, they're all pretty easy to get a hold of if you have questions. Um, So just know that there's people there. Awesome. 
Well, to both of you, Anthony, Megan, thank you both so much for joining us today. And on behalf of the fraternity and the National Council, we truly appreciate and admire all that you're doing to continue to promote musicianship, leadership and service through these tough times. And of course, a huge thanks to our listeners for joining us today. If you like this episode, then please share and suggest our podcast series to another brother today and subscribe if you haven't already done so. We do this not to hear ourselves talk, but to share insight that could be meaningful for you. But we really do need your help in finding topics to cover that are important to you and brothers to join me as guests that can helpfully, hopefully share their stories and some insight into the topics that you choose. So if you do have suggestions, please reach out to me at bonco at kksi.org. That's B-A-N-G-C-O at kksi.org. Once again, thank you for joining us on KKSI Presents. My name is Bonco, your host, and I wish you all much love today. And as always, A-E-A. A-E-A.